informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. I am here today at the Sage Summit and just having a blast already today. I got here early. I got to see Tony Hawk, uh, William McDonough, and Bree Pettis, and Dolly Singh, who's transforming the high heels. All physics and design and computers has been really awesome. And then I ran into yesterday this wonderful woman that just fascinated me. Her name is Jenny Whitehouse, and she's been called the Comedian CPA, a self-proclaimed nerd, former technology executive and CPA partner. Jenny Whitehouse has made it her mission to eliminate boring from the world of presentations. And I found this fascinating because she is a CPA, and CPA are not the most funny, um, super social people. I was a math major and I was kind of social, but most of my friends were not. And so I came across Jenny, the comedian CPA, and I'm like, how does that happen? Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you, Ann. It's great to be here. Um, and thanks for all those kind words about my profession. I mean, I can't believe you think that. We don't, what? Us? No personality? I'm shocked <laughs> by that. Um, you know, we're great with tax codes. We've got all these great insights to share. And uh, it really became evident to me that no matter how smart you were and how much you knew, if nobody understood what you said, you really uh, weren't having that big an impact. So that's my mission, to try to change that. And um, it's been a long time. I've been fighting this battle a pretty long time. Well, so you are one of the speakers here at yes, the summit. And how yes, did that happen, that you that they found you as a CPA <laughs> and, and a comedian CPA? Well, I started, I, was, uh, I started with Deloitte right out of school and I actually decided in seventh grade that's really kind of scary that I wanted to be a CPA I was a nerd even back then um, I was good at math and I discovered that was going to be the profession that I wanted to be so I started working towards that my whole uh, my whole tra- trajectory at that point was to become a CPA and get be an accountant um, so wh- I worked for a long time to be partner in a CPA firm I finally achieved that goal after 15 years of work starting with Deloitte and moving into a small firm in Atlanta the day I made partner, though, Anna, it was a, a crushing day for me because I looked around and went, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I was doing taxes. I was in an office. Um, and the only part of the job that I really enjoyed was interviewing the clients. Hmm, that might send you a message, right? I was very slow to listen to that message, unfortunately. And it took really getting to the pinnacle of what I thought was my dream for me to sort of stop and go, this is it. I'm walking away. I don't want to do this anymore. And if I do this for the rest of my days... I'm going to die miserable and unhappy, and probably at a a young age, because I was really struggling to fit myself into a mold that really didn't fit me. But I didn't know that there was anything else that I could do. I knew that I had an ability to, I had done a little bit of, a lot of computer consulting, one-on-one helping people with businesses, and I knew that's when I felt like I was really alive, not when I came back into their tax returns at my office. But you know, what you did that I didn't do was I was an engineer. Yeah. And um, my personality just, <laughs> it, it didn't fit very well. And so I, um, I ended up, you know, I did it for quite a while, but then I ended up changing fields, you know, went back to school yeah. and added on the mental health field and wellness. And so 
<laughs> That's MVP. kind of a leap, too. Yeah, <laughs> so where did I use my engineering and software and computers? In my yeah. office, right? Yeah. And so it's amazing what I can do. But as far as a field, what you did instead was, you know, it dawned on me as you were talking, it was what the geniuses on the stage today were talking about when they were, when it was the physics and design engineering William McDonough and Brie Pettis and yeah. Dolly Singh to find where there's a hole, where what's missing, and, and fill it, right? That's right. And so, and that becomes your niche. That's and right. for you, you realized you could change the field in some ways, which is what you've been doing. And I wish I could say I was smart enough to figure that out. Like, you know, a, a light switch came on <laughs> and immediately knew this is what I can do. I can take this. I mean, this 15 years of investment. I mean, took this horrible exam. <laughs> studied all this boring crap, learned the tax code, all this stuff, and here I am, I'm going to walk away. And I right. thought at that moment that I was a huge failure. I mean, the feeling oh. of, of that walking away from this thing is I've wasted these 15 years, and I'm a failure. I can't do this thing. And, and part of what really made me realize it was when I looked around at everybody else in my firm and the satisfaction they got from that and the joy and, their, and the ease with which they did the job, whereas I was struggling. I mean, I was working 12 hours a day to get the work done of other people that they could do in a lot less hours. And I was only being average at the end of the day. It took me 12 hours just to be average. And that's really frustrating and, and demoralizing for a human being. So thank God I, had, I was stupid enough to go, I'm gonna walk away. I didn't have a clue what I was gonna really do. I luckily had some clients that I knew I could go do some work for. And that helped me sort of have confidence that there's at least one or two things I can do. And the first thing I did was teach. And that was a, a real miracle, because that's when I got to start really speaking and presenting. And when I, the first moment I started doing that, I went, this is it. This feels right. But you also ended up taking stand-up comedy, right? Well, that was much later. That oh, was when was. I, I mean, that was after I um, started with this teaching thing, really launched the speaking and realized, you know, this is more along the avenues of what I can do. But I was still teaching technical subjects, so it was still a good fit for the nerd thing that I had going on as well. So I could sort of bridge that gap. But it took me a long time to realize that a speaking gig was really a job. It was like, well, this is not real work. It's not hard and painful, so therefore it can't really be, I can't make a living doing something that I actually enjoy. I mean, I think a lot of us have that sense. It's gotta be painful. It's like, uh, it's like the weight loss. If there's no pain, there's no gain, or you're working out. And it's just not true. We beat ourselves up for so long, doing what we think we're supposed to do, instead of listening to that little boy, voice inside. Um, and, and doing that thing. And I actually did a TEDx talk about that little voice um, versus the other voice. The small, <laughs> quiet voice for me I refer to as my basset hound self. Yeah. I raised, we raised basset hounds as a kid, and I'm from the South, and basset hounds are kind of, you know, nothing but love. That's the true flame that burns inside. And the other voice, I was also raised a Catholic, is the voice of a nun. The one with the ruler who slaps you on the wrist if you're not oh, yeah. following the rules and you're going to go to, you know, burn in hell and uh, you've got to go to confession if you do the wrong thing. And that's the voice that punishing you should voice is the one that we end up listening to because it's louder. Well, so that's the one that um, when you realize this field doesn't fit your personality very well, yeah. um, that said, oh, you're so stupid. Exactly. You should, you know. You look, at, look at 15 years and all you put into it and what a failure you're a huge failure and i carry that around and there's, there's still a sense of that you know, you know but failure what they said even today yeah um is failure is oh, they had such great words i wish they, they could did. remember <laughs> god it was it, very tweetable it was today. very I mean, tweetable william mcdonald yeah. when he speaks oh my god. i was like i ran into him when i was walking out i was like oh my gosh it was so wonderful <laughs> <laughs> let me let me affirm you um <laughs> i get to touch him uh and so he he did say you know he said that failure is just um 
it wasn't opera he, he didn't use the word opportunity but it was education to know what to do next it is it's you know it, it's like putting your hand on a hot stove you learn not to do that again and that's what failure is you try these things on the way you refine what it is that you really want to do by failing along the way and you know again i think that most of my i just thank goodness that i had this the stupidity i think to not fear that there wasn't something else out there yeah and you but you you took the the education that you had and everything and, and you know they say fail what is what did william mcdonald or it was Bree fail early fail often yeah you know because i, then I you failed learned. earlier and i should have <laughs> failed a little <laughs> earlier <laughs> fail it <laughs> one year instead of 15 <laughs> and so, right. but that led you to really transform your field as far as it, adding to it it's um, I hope making so. it, making it. But <laughs> the fact that you're here, and I thought, first, at first, I thought CB. Okay, you are at a software, yeah. you're the biggest company in the world, software convention. You're the thought yeah. speaker. Um, so you transformed a boring subject of CPA and computers. Technology. Yeah. Technology. It is a huge. I mean, look how big this place is, and it everything that you do applies to it. That's right. Um, and I think that's really that's really the message for anybody out there. You know, you might be in something that you don't enjoy. You might have invested something. But you can take whatever it is from that that you can apply and apply it in a different way. So it isn't that you necessarily have to abandon what you have or know or what, you, what you're good at, but it's looking for a different angle. And again, I didn't really know that. I had to kind of get there along the way and it took some major slaps in the face or the head for me to really go, this is where you need to focus. You really need to become good at it. You need to invest in it like you would in anything else. And I had been reading, I mean, I've always been a reader and I've always been trying to self improve there aren't enough self-help books unfortunately for me to get there but um i'm still trying to get organized um and i can't find the book but you know that's one of those things you can only read so much at some point you got to do it but the investing in the thing that you really want to do and figuring out how to be the best at that and that's the difference and that's when i took stand-up finally when i realized that i yes i could and i knew i wasn't that funny but I knew there was a process there somewhere. There was something that I could learn. And it's really the process, understanding what the moving parts are, that helps make a difference. And that training really um, lifted me from a wannabe speaker to somebody who knew they could. The fact that I could do that gave me the confidence internally. Yeah, but how many people choose, oh, I think I'll go take, take and uh, where do you go to take stand-up comedy? <laughs> Only the freaks of nature do that kind of thing. I, was like, I mean, that's this was, so cool. And I actually, and I figured it out, it came very clear to me at my dad's funeral. I was delivering the eulogy for my dad, who had passed away suddenly. I was standing there doing a comedy eulogy for my dad, and I just talked about all the weird things that my dad had done, and and talked about him and told the story of his life from my perspective using comedy. And in the middle of that, and it's really kind of sad that I'm so in the middle of this no, eulogy, really I'm going, good, actually. I need to take stand-up comedy training. I need to get good at that. This, this matters. This comedy communication connection is a way to relate to human beings. And I hadn't made that connection. It's valid. It's not just funny for entertainment. It's for connecting to people. So how's it, I mean, how's it work? People respond it's, really well. You know, what I, the, one of the things that I found out through the, this funeral experience is the line between comedy and tragedy is a very small line. Right. And I both allow you that. to express the emotion, and it's a very similar emotion. And what got us through the funeral as a family was comedy. We had a dinner the day before the funeral where everybody told funny stories about my dad, about all the goofy things that involved him. And it was amazing how that healed for us, and it allowed us to partake of the experience of, of relishing my dad and his life. And so grieving in a healthy way. And grieving. And you really get the same emotion out. Yes. 
it's, well, it's and talking, amazing. talking in a way that you can talk about it when someone right. passes yeah. away, bringing it up. But it's a way yeah. to help them speak it so that they That's can, right. so they can heal. But yeah. it also, the humor almost, it makes you, you've heard people laughing and crying yeah. at the same it's time. It's the same feeling. Yeah. It's the same release. Yeah. Even though you're not, and, and we were crying and laughing at the same time in many cases. But it's really that moment that, that really made it clear, clear for me because there's, pain in the world of not knowing things and you know it's not the same sort of pain but the comedy is the bridge that you can use and I had found myself using comedy as a way to diffuse the nerd you know you're a nerd you got all this <laughs> scary technical knowledge you yes. can lord over people and in dealing with small business people one-on-one -on -one, I always use comedy and I made fun of myself going yeah I might be a CPA but I don't know anything anyway and you know and this is no big deal and let me help you understand it don't be afraid of these accounting terms so well, I already sort of applied it, but in a very informal way. So y you also are from Napa, California. I'm not from there, Anne. You live there. <laughs> so I was like, how is it that I you're live from there? there? Y <laughs> you can clearly tell I'm not from there and ask anybody in Napa. No, I don't belong there. <laughs> I'm not I'm from around here. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's part of the journey. And actually, Sage, I was, a, I was a VP at Sage. Sage is the reason I ended up in California. They actually moved me out there. I was an employee of Sage. And, and um, they moved me out to California to, to do a role at Sage. I was running a product that was based in Pleasanton, California, and also working with CPA. So, again, I've always had this sort of connection back to CPA from the other side. But um, left Sage and had met some people that were doing accounting differently in the Napa Valley. And they approached me and said, you need to come do what you do with us. So a couple of days a week, I get to play with wineries in the Napa Valley. That sounds, I would make you smile and laugh. Uh, and who funny. would have dreamed? I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm from Greenville, South Carolina originally. You know, the best thing we drank out there was Franzi in a box. It had to be a big box, you know. <laughs> and well, you bring that up in Napa Valley, and they just kind of, oh, my gosh, what are we dealing with here? So how do you make CPAs accounting funny? You know, there's because so you teach this session. So it's 30 minutes. Is the session 30 minutes? Yeah, I have 30 mm -hmm. minutes, mm -hmm. uh, and I have two sessions today. Actually, it, it's it's an it's a perspective, and it's not people because I took stand up comedy. People think I'm I'm doing stand up all the time. That is, couldn't be further from the truth. But what you do is look for the angle. You look for something that is a surprise or different, and you communicate a topic in a different way. So that's what I do. So I don't do stand-up routines, and people always ask me to tell a joke. I don't do that. I walk past. You don't look stand like you're putting on a show. Stand-up does not involve jokes. It's about telling stories. It's about finding a way to flip things on their head, and that's what excites me about what I do. So I find an angle. I find a piece of code or a tax law that's ridiculous, and I talk about it as a way to educate people about concepts. So sales tax, for example. One of my first talks that I did was for a company that is, that's actually on the floor today called Avalara, and they have automated sales tax. Does that not sound like the most exciting topic imaginable, Anne? I, mean, I think an automated tax of any kind is bad. <laughs> who does not want to talk about sales tax all day? So I had to do a topic for that, and what I did is go through the tax laws in all the states and find these ridiculous rules that you had to honor in order to do sales tax right. And one of them was donuts. In order to determine the taxability of a donut, you had to figure out how close the donut was to a utensil. What? This is in the tax code. I'm not surprised, in Utah. actually. So if you're a sales clerk in a retail grocery store and you sell donuts, you got to go measure the fork distance from fork to donut in order to figure out whether it's taxed at one rate or the other. So I just found all these things. There's a thing about the big ice or the little ice. There's a thing about the size of the marshmallow that determines taxability. So it's that kind of stuff. And for me, in order to be inspired to come up with a presentation, I got to find the funny something. 
I got to find the weird angle or something I can pick at. And once I do that, my whole presentation comes together. So that's what it is. It's more about finding a, a crazy angle and then working it. Well, yeah. So if there are accounting C or CPAs out there, um, how would they find you? So CPAs find me online. I have a website called evenanerd.com. I speak at all the accounting shows and, and, heard, and most nerd, of the technology shows. A nerd can be heard. Even right. a nerd can be, book, be heard. I wrote a book called How to Make a Boring Subject Interesting. It's available on Amazon, and the subtitle is 52 Ways Even a Nerd Can Be Heard. So they, they find me. I'm in at most of the shows, and I'm known for making boring stuff interesting. That's my life's work. Um, and the CPAs, my, my advice would be don't try to... You don't, everybody doesn't have to be funny, but what everybody has to do is work from what they have. So what I discovered is nerd was something that held me back as a kid. I mean, I was a smart nerd in calculus class in high school. It didn't, didn't lend itself to uh, being you know, the first person asked out for a, a party. Uh, in fact, I was never asked to any party in high school. I, I was the nerdy smart girl in the back you know, who didn't say anything, believe it or not. Um, but I knew that was one of the elements of who I am. I knew that I have this southern thing going on. Um, I, you know, I knew all these elements of who I am. It's eventually, I figured out these are things that are really part of who I am. And I'm going to use those. So I play off that. Hence the name Even a Nerd. I might be a nerd, but I got something to say. And that's where it came from. That is wonderful. So in the TEDx, where, where was that that you were... The TEDx was uh, at TEDx Napa Valley, the local event in Napa Valley. I was the first speaker in the first year that event was put on in uh, Napa Valley, and that is the most frightening thing I have ever done. I've heard that people say that. And is that on YouTube? Can people see that? It is on YouTube. Uh, Jeannie Whitehouse, TEDx Napa Valley, Basset Hound and None. There aren't very many of them with that <laughs> title, and you'll be able to find that one pretty quickly. And it's Jeannie. Je it's, it's Jeannie, G-E-N-I. G -E and White House, where the president lives. So the yeah. White House, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, and I think that you make this convention, you know, a lot more fun for everyone. Thank you. And uh, people played off of you, I hear, as you're going on. <laughs> and, uh, and and they do make it fun here at Sage. It's I was at a, a session last night, and they kept um, applauding on one side of the curtain and on the other side. Whoever was speaking over there, all of a sudden they started yelling, and then <laughs> our speaker was like, yell louder yell louder so yeah. we all started yelling it was just it was hilarious i thought a bunch of professional people were acting crazy yeah competitive speaking event that's yeah a, it's a whole it new was. thing <laughs> that's exactly what yeah. they would call it i uh just thank you so much for taking time and coming over and uh letting people know such a thing as exists and that you can help especially i have friends that are cpas and uh there I, is hope there's hope <laughs> there's hope but also for them to find comedy and joy in the middle of the yeah. you know the detail that they go in that's right and, and they have a lot of stress they do. and that helps oh, them, them with the stress yeah. so um thank you for being on living well My pleasure. and uh if you want to reach me just email me at ablivingwell at gmail.com or give me a call, 817-501-1638 at Life Solutions Wellness Clinic. Have a good day and live well. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Is your mind and spirit in sync? Are you open to enhancing your way of thinking and creating ease in decision-making? Are you ready to move past your blocks and create real lasting results? Are you ready for a mindset reset? Each week you will learn proven mindset reset practices you can put into use immediately to change your life and start a whole new way of thinking. Start by tuning in to Mindset Reset, live with Prudence Gensman, every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Women's Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. And Beal with Living Well, just coming back at the Sage Summit. I have Dr. Dr. Barbara <laughs> Young here with me, and she will follow me once I'm done today. We are uh, talking about the session this morning, the keynote speaker, Tony Hawk, and uh, William McDonough and Bree Pettis and Dolly Singh and Matthew Weiner and who else was there? Tony uh Skateboard King. I don't have his name, but Tony, Skateboard, Skateboard King. King. So yeah. you say you got to see the whole thing. You didn't have to rush off. What was your favorite thing about this morning? Because you were in there with me. I think my favorite thing was uh, the exchange and dialogue about change. And more particularly from the perspective of making this universe or the world environment, rather than destroying it, but how ways that we can absolutely utilize the resources that we have to make it better. So I was very intrigued with Bill's um, stories of how he has changed the landscape in India for people. I know, it was amazing. Uh, 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 and, and why we can't seem to incorporate that 
with diversity and I like the way that he talked about diversity and the things that we need to be aware of in this country and how we can make change and I think that's the important thing also from from Dolly Singh I heard her talk about and what resonated with me was excellence and what to look for and what she looked for in terms of who would work for her and the thing that struck me is it's so true that if people aren't excited and feel good about what they can do and what they can offer. Why should I be excited about you? Yeah, she was talking about <laughs> how to hire somebody. Right. That if you don't think you're awesome, why would she why? think you're awesome? Right, right. And, and then also, if you are not excited every day to get up and go work with this person, and, and yeah. to think about that when you hire somebody, if you, if you would work for them, then hire them. If you would never work for them, then right. don't hire them. Right. But yeah, I loved so much about, and they all blended so well together. They very well did. I liked uh, Bree's comments about, um, again, working with people, friendliness. He talked about friendliness and relationships, mm -hmm. making friends. And, and friends, that's so important. And what he wanted to do was to to celebrate that, make friends. And this is talking about businesses, when you're working with people to develop friendships and well, relationships. It, and they even took it as far as w combining with, with Bill McDonough, um, is it city life, the, the where people live more friendly accessible so people can build relationships together right. instead of be divided. Right. And then, you know, with William talking, Bill talking about um, you know, making water from air. And so they grow plants on the ceiling and they grow plants along the walls and people may see the air being made to water the plants with. And then you think of a friendliness. Yeah. It was like, it's, you know, he was talking about doing that in India and doing I, that. And I'm thinking, why don't we do that here? Well, you know, I, I get one statement I could say out of all of that this morning that I heard is that making the impossible possible. possible. Yeah, they said, unless it goes against the laws of physics, it can be done. It can be done. And it's just hard work to figure it out. And I, you know, with my show being Living Well, I, I felt like, oh, my gosh, I got to get these people on. I mean, it was just, didn't you feel good? I felt very good. They made us feel so, it felt. Well, I, I, they're nuggets. And the thing that I'm very glad I'm here at the SAGE Conference, and that is the takeaways. And to be always open to learning from others. I think so many people get so inculcated with their own ideas and they don't want to step out of the box and learn new things and be open for new ideas. And as we segue into the second session, and I'll, because I know we don't have a lot of time, Anne, is that when we talk about creating a fan base, and I kind of said this earlier too, that we're in the age of technology and communication so fast and so rapid, it's changing like this, that to be aware of distinction between criticism and haters. So that's the one line lesson that I think we need to be aware of to make that distinction of criticism, which may be valid, of your fans, yeah. but to hear them, to let them know that you hear them. I think that's so important. They talk about the important importance of everyone being, feel, you know, everyone has a voice, and when you let them know you've heard them, it just really makes everything okay. And, and, and that was very interesting. And I think it built on so much of what we're hearing here right. about criticism or it, when you have fans, fans can point out things that they didn't like. Right. But a hater is not a fan. No. It's somebody who doesn't, no. like, doesn't right. like you. And so they try right. to destroy you right. um, versus making right. a criticism. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that session, too. It was just so different when, when um, with William and, and 
Bree Pettis and Dolly Singh. I don't know if they've even ever met before. No, they, they have They they are very huge in each of their fields. Right. You know, there's the the. Um, 3D. And I think it was kind of sad because I think Bill said, I'd like to get to know you God, they all Yeah, you could just he, see he them. He talked about, well, the one of the things I'd like, if there are yes. three things I could do, I'd like to get to know you better. Right. But and I'm there are there are three there are three different companies. You saw them building relationships on stage. Yes. And that they were talking about the bromance yes. that was happening yes. between Bree yes. and yes. William. And so it was just all so wonderful. And I wanted you to sit with me because I know we were both in there yes. just chat so we could share that with you. And uh, our wonderful experience. Thanks for living well today Thank with you. me from the Sage Summit. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it.